explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome into another edition of the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, this time joined by Mike Sodder, who we have not had on for a couple months. The Nebraska high school state playoffs for football are coming to a furious conclusion on Monday and Tuesday, six matchups, uh, three each day. And I figured who better to bring in to dive into all of that than the man who's probably seen... How many of these teams have you seen play in person? Uh, I know you've seen... Okay, so... You've seen all of Class A and Class B. Yeah. Uh, saw Aurora, not in a game, but I saw them in camp. Okay, we'll uh, count it. In June. Haven't seen Pierce. Okay. Uh, I saw Pierce, so that's the one that I that I can throw into this. And I haven't seen Cedar Catholic or Norfolk Catholic. Okay. So any of, uh, You saw any of the D2 teams? D1, D2? Clarkson Lee, I saw. Saw Clarkson Lee. Um, know a lot about Howell's Dodge. Um they're basically returned like everybody. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, and that's it. And Aiden Keister, you could just look at his numbers for Neely Oakdale and you're like, all right, bro. Like you're good. So, um, <laughs> like I, the dude has like t- ridiculous stat line. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. What he did last week in the semis, we might as well where we're on it. What he did last week in the semis was crazy. But then you look, and he's got 180 total tackles to go with his, oh, by the way, of uh, like 2,000 rushing and 2,000 passing. It's in, it's crazy. Like To do everything eight-man athlete right there. It is. Yeah, and normally an eight-man, like when you have a, a guy like that, you got a guy. Okay, here it is. He has – 2,031 yards rushing and 47 touchdowns. He has uh, 20, what is that? 26, 46 passing and 27 touchdowns. Uh, Oh, by the way, he's the punter um, with a 37.9 average on 17 attempts. Uh, They don't don't have a place kicker. Um, He has... 184 total tackles, 82 of them solo, with two sacks and four interceptions. That's pretty good. So it seems like he's doing okay. He's doing all right. And he broke Scott Frost's record, um, um, you know, all-time yardage record. So is he going to be on a Super 6? Does he does he force his own, in, like, inclusion on these things? I mean, he's got to be. I mean, with that kind of record – He's got to be in the conversation of like, And he's in a state title game for Neely Oakdale. They play Monday afternoon against Clarkson Lee. He's in the he's got to be in the conversation as like an all state if you just do athlete guy, like of like the top teams, you know? Yeah. Not not just an eight man one or whatever. He's got to be in the conversation. Yeah. So let's uh let's just kind of start with that game. We'll jump around here a little bit. We'll obviously get up to uh what I I mean I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm pretty excited for Westside Gretna Part 2. Last year's game was cold. There was some hitting, an incredible goal line stand, like just an absolute great game. So I'm excited about that rematch. So we'll 
we'll get we, to that. We, let's get to that. I, I got some. I obviously right. have thoughts. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll start Neely Oakdale and Clarkson Lee D1. This will be played Monday afternoon. Yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, I think uh, Keister's just, I think he's probably too much. I did see Clarkson Lee in their first round win over Wisner Pilger on a Thursday night. Um, Kyle Kasich, Kasich has 1,900 yards rushing. Um, they don't really throw it, um, but they can pop one on you if they need to. Uh, I I think, you know, your stereotypical eight-man, we're going to run it the best we can <laughs> and figure it out. Um, Drew Beeson has 123 total tackles for Clarkson Lee. Can he be a difference maker enough? Clarkson Lee does have a lot of nice kind of athletes. They're not the biggest team. They got some nice athletes. It's just going to be a matter of what do they do with Neely Oakdale. So you want a, a little bit of a nugget here that uh, not, a, not a lot of people know about. So uh, Neely Oakdale's head coach was at Fremont Bergen. Oh. He coached, he coached Riley Gross, who is the offensive coordinator – at Gretna in Ooh. high school. And Riley was a really good player in high school. They're both coaching record breaking offensive players. Um, and they both are coaching obviously in the state championship. So there's a nugget that literally probably 15 people maybe know. I, I don't think my nugget is nearly as interesting. Neely Oakdale's only loss is to Howells Dodge and they have not played a one score game the rest of the season. They've like, if you pull up their scores on the NSAA website, like they don't just beat people, like they obliterate them. They, they have not played a close game since losing that season opener to potentially the best team in D2. We'll get to Howell's Dodge in a minute. Uh, Cause I think that game's fascinating too, for a different reason. Um, nearly like, and, and obviously eight man football, you don't always get a lot of close games. Like you can get out of hand pretty early. But they have absolutely just stomped everyone. Like, whether it was in the playoffs, the regular season, the best teams they played, the worst teams they played, they made them all look the same. Yeah, I, I, them beating St. – like, a shorthanded St. Pat's um, last week. St. Pat's lost their starting running back uh, the last week of the regular season. But but still, I mean, they beat them 50-28. They scored a lot – obviously, they scored a lot of points. They're – their lowest scoring output of the year is the week one game against Howells Dodge, where it was 50 to 12. Um, yeah. Other than that, they've scored, you know, 36 and 90 and 80 and 58. And I, they, they just Heartland held them 34 to 22 um, uh, in the, uh, I believe that was playoff game. So I, I just, I, I, I think Neely Oakdale probably just has a little bit too much in, yeah. in that. Let's dive over to the D2 game that will actually start things off on Monday morning. You have undefeated Howells Dodge against undefeated Hitchcock County. Just like Neely Oakdale, both of these teams have wrecked everybody they've faced. Uh, I'm fairly certain that Hitchcock County has only allowed points in six games like when I was looking this up. So in the and they they have a forfeit or two in there too. So they haven't played as many games, but like they they're going to present a, a challenge for Howells Dodge, which is no stranger to Memorial Stadium. Yeah, it, it's five games actually where they've given up a point, and the most points they've given <laughs> up was they gave up twenty four 
uh, to South Loop, but they won 36-24. They've, uh, they gave up eight to Bayard. They gave up eight to Bertrand. They gave up six to Dundee County Stratton, who was a playoff team. And they gave up six to Elm Creek. They have two playoff shutouts. They shut out Humphrey St. Francis 52 to nothing. Um, well, I'm sorry. Wait, they have three playoff shutouts and Elm Creek scored six, one touchdown. So, um, I Hitchcock County was, has been here, kind of done that as well. They are absolutely, I think the underdog in this, um, game, if you will. Um, they haven't won a state title. Um, how's Dodge moved down from, um, uh, from D one champs to D two champs last year. How's Dodge is, I think probably clearly the favorite, um, can Keenan Gaston kind of do something at all offensively? I, it's probably going to be a, a, a pretty good defensive game. I, I, one name here that if people are going to kind of watch this game is Andy uh, Dominguez, their defensive lineman for Howell's Dodge. I, he's kind of a wrecking crew. I actually watched Huddle on him uh, earlier this week, and he's got seven sacks, 61 tackles. He he applies pressure, hard hitter. Um, I, I, I just, Howells Dodge just kind of ran the table with everybody and everything as expected basically all year. And uh, Lance Brester has over 2,000 yards rushing. I think it's going to be probably an uphill battle for Hitchcock County, but it could be a, a little bit of a low scoring game in, you know, relative eight man relativity. Um, yeah. You know, like, 35 points maybe wins it instead of 50 or 60. All right, let's dive over to C2. That'll be on Tuesday morning to kick things off. We have the only real kind of Cinderella story yeah. of, of the, the state playoffs, at least in the, the top six classes, and that is Cedar Catholic. And the problem for Cedar Catholic is on the other side of the field <laughs> on Tuesday morning is a damn good Norfolk Catholic team right. that, you know, we, we talked about Howell's Dodge. I like, there's certain teams in this state that you kind of just grow up knowing if you followed high school football and, and like I did, you know, growing up, you would just see Howell's Dodge, Norfolk, like these teams were always in title games and here's Norfolk yeah. Catholic again. Yeah. Here, here they are again. I think this would be, Norfolk Catholic, if they can win, this will be uh, – well, Norfolk Catholic's last state title was 2017, and I think that tied or broke the record. Uh, Coach Bellard, Jeff Bellard, broke the record, I think, for state championships. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, it'll be 11 if they yeah. win, um, which is just tremendous. Um the one thing with Cedar Catholic, though, defensively, they have really played well all year. They These two played earlier in the year. It was week uh, seven, and it was only 14 to nothing. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I, I expect probably a low-scoring game. Cedar Catholic, same thing. Like, defensively, they've been terrific. Uh, Oakland Craig beat them 21 to 19 in a really close one. And Oakland Craig needed a two point conversion stop, uh, uh, to, to win that game. Um, 
Battle Creek beat them 20 to 12 in the regular season. But then last week in the semis, Battle Creek, um, they Cedar Catholic beat Battle Creek six to nothing. This is a very much so um, rivalry game, clearly. Uh, Northeast Nebraska rivals, no question about it. The one thing is they made a change at quarterback, Cedar Catholic, in the middle of the year, and that really has helped them out a ton. Um, they went younger at quarterback, moved the quarter other quarterback to more of athlete guy, um, which has helped them the team out a lot. Um, passing the ball a little bit more, um, which is something. But I I just don't know. I I'm excited. I haven't seen Cade Peeper play for Norfolk Catholic um this year obviously and uh committed to iowa flipped his commitment from north dakota state to iowa and um it is spelled the same as ethan piper by the way and they both are norfolk catholic kids um but they're not related hmm. explain that to me somebody's gonna need to help me with that one i don't know i i just i big do, world there's uh, only yeah. so many surnames not in norfolk though it's not that well big. it's like I, nebraska's I, eighth biggest town <laughs> I'm just saying, like, um, I just it, Norfolk Catholic's been the favorite all year before the year started, mm-hmm. and I, I don't see that necessarily changing that much. Even though I do think it's probably like a maybe it's twenty-one to seven, yeah, or or a fourteen. Your Catholic's defense kind of keeps them hanging around yeah. a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so diving over to C one. It feels like another program in, in line with Howell's Dodge and, and Norfolk Catholic in Aurora. Now, Aurora has not won their last two state title appearances, which, oh, by the way, were 2021 in Class B and 2020 in Class B. Now, Aurora <laughs> down in C1, where they are undefeated, and they will meet an undefeated Pierce team in what is the first of three straight matchups that we will talk about. That is one versus two. And I have seen Pierce play. They're a different version than they were last year. I think last year Pierce went into that game against Lakeview and they kind of had it taken to them and they couldn't respond. Mm -hmm. This year's Pierce team, I think, has more physical ability to kind of go after teams. But do they have enough to hang with an Aurora team that can put up points in a hurry? And and they're no stranger to big games. Like, they're going to be ready for this one. Um, And also, Pierce is – the underdog and they are very much so uh aware of that if you know what that means mm-hmm. um they I do i they, follow the context yeah they probably i think people maybe think that they don't um uh, how do i say this i think people think that you know they're not they're not don't have a shot right ben bramer by the way quietly a great year uh, 69 catches he's good yeah I, I felt like i had to argue with people all year that oh, he yes. was good it's like oh, this yes. is i would put this guy in my top three or top four in the state without a question yeah. and yet for some reason it's like oh he's too skinny is he fast enough and it's like he's, one he's gonna play tight end yeah two he's already 215 pounds he's only getting bigger i think when you see him on tuesday uh you're gonna be impressed like he's a little more physical this year than he was the past two uh, when they went to the state title game, they won it in 2020, um, and they they lost last year to Lake. You know, uh, and he has a nice quarterback. Abram Schulting is, uh, you know, in the outside of Zane Flores. He's 
in the conversation of the best senior quarterback in the state. Um, so uh, him or maybe Trey Bird Bennington. Um, but Bramer has 69 catches for 1274 and 18 touchdowns. It's good. That's a good year. Um, he has a nice quarterback throwing it to him too. Hey, here's the thing with, with Ben Bramer. When he was a sophomore, um, he was working out with Thomas Fedoni. And, and frankly, like Thomas Fedoni, if he's healthy, doesn't have knee injury, he's killing it in Nebraska right now if he, if he was healthy because mm-hmm. that dude's a freak. Um, and Thomas Fedoni himself was like, that guy's good. I was there. I, I was watching both of them work out. And he's like, that kid's really good. He's going to be really good. He's like a version of me type of thing, right? So think of Thomas Fedonia-esque guy. Yep. Um, when you think of Ben Bramer, I, they are, like I said, extremely the underdog in this game, but, um, Aurora's Carlos Colazo has a hamstring injury that he's been dealing with for the last handful of weeks. He played last week after missing the first two playoff rounds. Um, really good running back for, yeah, he's a fantastic running back from Aurora, really tough to tackle and all of that. He, 1900 yards rushing on the year and that's missing you know like four games or whatever so imagine he 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 was averaging like 200 and some um drew canoes is their quarterback at aurora aurora is the favorite they have been the favorite all year in c1 uh they moved down from if they were in class b they would have at least made the semis so you know like Mm -hmm. that's probably that's pretty good uh oh by the way the last time Aurora was in a C1 state championship, 2018, when one Baylor Shireman just torched, I don't even remember who they played, but he had six touchdown passes and was just standing out there with that lefty throw, just dropping bombs on people. So um, what's that guy got on to do? He's pretty good basketball player in college. I think he's just fine. Uh, I'm sorry. No, I, 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 Aurora is the favorite. I clearly, mm-hmm. and they have been all year. Just the health of Colazzo and Jack Allen. Jack Allen's a name um, for Aurora to keep. Like he's really good player, uh, defensive tackle, and uh, it is Austin Allen's cousin. Okay. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Fantasy Baseball draft season is upon us, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Sample, six times per week throughout March. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, live mock drafts, spring training updates, and everything in between every Monday through Saturday. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Moving on to class B, I'm going to say something and I'm just going to let you react to it and see if it's just audaciously stupid. It sure feels like there's a changing of the guard and there's a new king in class B and it's Bennington. Yeah, I I think that's that's true. Because it it had been Omaha Scott for so long. Mm -hmm. 
like, you know, you sort of just always kind of, Scott was in these games. Scott played in, in state title games. And now it just feels like Bennington, like I, I watched him a few years ago and they played Norris and, and Norris ended up winning that game. But I just was looking at the roster, like they had all these sophomores and they had even freshmen at the time contributing. Those guys are now juniors and seniors. And it doesn't matter whether it's Tyler LeClaire or whoever it is, like they just replace. It's just a, mm -hmm. it's, it's maybe one of the best plug and replace programs in the state right now. Like they lose a guy, whatever. The next guy behind them is as good, maybe better. Yeah, I, I in particular, um, you you look at roster size. Roster size. I mean, we're talking. They have ninety eight kids. Yeah, like that. they have more um, players than what two thirds of Class A at times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have more um, than every OPS school. Ben, well, Bennington is the kind of new Elkhorn, Elkhorn. South yep. when Elkhorn South was, you know, when Elkhorn South was like, you know, in Class B and their numbers were so high and because population, you know, people are moving out mm -hmm. there and all that stuff. Um, it, they're kind of on the border, right, of A, B, all that stuff. So I um, I, I, think that they are that. But, yes, they are very much so plug and replace. Nick Culver has 1,600 rushing yards, and that's after what Dylan Mostick did last year for Bennington yeah. in record-breaking season. So um, he also has 20 touchdowns. Trey Bird is back at quarterback. Um, really good last year in the state title game. Yeah, it, again, it's it, Trey Bird or Abram Schulting outside of Zane Flores. Those are the two, you know, guys that are seniors and in, in the whole senior class of in-state guys. Um, Trey Bird has 31 touchdowns and three interceptions and 2,200 yards passing. It's pretty good. Isaac Connor is a guy. K.J. Taffa is a guy um, as far as receiver for them. Um Here's like the weird part. You said plug and play replace. Bennington has they they started the year they needed to replace all five starters on their offensive line and they have not missed a beat. They have five new starters on the offensive line, not missed a beat. Um that just shows you where their programs at right now. Uh and I I I think that's it's pretty special, honestly. Yeah. Um, Speaking of special, though, I know you think very highly of the team that they will be facing on Tuesday night. Omaha Gross, storybook season, big senior class. They went out and they handled their business in the playoffs. And now they have an opportunity for that that big finish. Like this is this is like one of those, uh, you know, oh. it all sort of builds to this this moment right here. It is, it is like the coolest story. Um, you have a roster size of 55 versus a team that has 97 on the roster. You have kids that play both ways, um, a significant number, in particular Sal Naccarelli, who's like the best lineman that they got for sure. Um Carson Almgren's another really good guard. When I say they play both ways, I mean, Sal Naccarelli played every single down on offense and defense. We're talking defensive tackle and offensive guard uh, against Scott's Bluff in their state semifinal game. Um, Bennington doesn't have anyone that goes both ways. <laughs> so, well, Ethan Wynn plays both ways, I guess, but not every down, right? right? Um, 
of the 55, um, of the 55 players on the gross roster, 20, what, two, 25, rough number are seniors. And they've all played together since they were little kids. Um, it is a fantastic story. Um, it is amazing. This is their first time back in the state title game since 2012 when they won uh, the school's only state championship game. Can Colby Duncan pass it enough to give Jake Garcia, who I love Jake Garcia as a running back. Uh, he is so patient and he is tough. Um, he has 1,800 rushing yards, and then they can bring in Owen Brennan as a little kind of change of pace that can just pop you real quick. Um, different styles. I think this game, if there isn't a lot of wind on Tuesday night, I think this game could be really high scoring and really fun. Um, the the SOBs from uh, South Omaha is uh, such a neat story. Coach Van Outen has done a tremendous job with this group. And I, I know it's going to be an emotional night for him, win or lose. Um, and those kids, because man, they have been building for this. Like I said, in Omaha anymore, like these kids played together, all of them, since they were in elementary school and they've stuck together the whole time. Um, pretty cool. And if you know what I mean by SOB, it's South Omaha boys. So that's what everybody knows it to mean. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. That, yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's great. All right. Monday night, the main event, the rematch that I think when the, the bracket came out or when you sort of knew what it was going to look like, this is the, the kind of the state title game that I think, you know, if you didn't have any other vested interests, this is kind of what you wanted. The narratives of which there are many. Dane <laughs> Flores will be going for his second straight state title. Uh, potentially cementing himself as the best quarterback in state history. I know that you've drawn ire for suggesting such a thing. Potentially. Um, well, uh, I'm just I'm allowing that there can be a disagreement along the line. Um, and I think almost more than anything, there's a narrative out there that Gretna almost has to sort of reprove that last year wasn't a one-off. Like, it, as if, you know, their domination this entire season – doesn't show that um, that they, they almost need to, to prove that. And then on the other side, you have a West side team. This is their fourth straight class a title game. Mm -hmm. They went, uh, they lost, they won, they lost. We'll see. They've got um, maybe the most talented roster in the state. When you're talking about guys that potentially could go on to play football at the next level. Um, they have it, you know, whether they're seniors, whether they're juniors, whether they're sophomores, and I'm sure they've got a few freshmen. Uh, that maybe only you and a few other people know about at this point in time, but we'll be hearing about soon. And they have, you know, a mantra of unfinished business because they felt like they let last year go when they had been sort of the dominant team. And so this, this matchup, I think it's fantastic. I mean, I don't even, I don't even know where I would begin to try to determine who I think is going to, to necessarily win here. Cause one of the great things about this, Mike, you have Jane Flores, the best quarterback in the state. And he's going against what I think is the best secondary in the state. And mm -hmm. if Caleb Benning is returning from injury, and there's at least a small mm -hmm. chance of that, then they're getting a big lift from a guy that they haven't had for the last six, seven weeks. Yeah, it, it very much so is strength on strength. Um, uh, the, the back seven, eight, um, four west side, I guess I had three men front, so back eight, um, 
is the best in the state, most athletic, you know, have most talent. Um, Caleb is, I mean, he's all sign. Every single sign points to him playing on Monday night, um, Caleb Benning. And that is an, that's kind of, that's awesome because Zane and by the way, Oh, by the way, it's Zane floors, not Flores Flores um, found that out on Friday night after four years of calling him full Flores. Um, is that, is, are you serious? Oh yeah. It's just floors. It's like you're taking the word floor and you add an S floor floors floors. I, I promise. Um, so his family, <laughs> I'll try uh, to adjust. Yeah. His family said something to me on Friday night and I was, I looked at him and I don't know if I can cuss right here, so I won't, but I, I looked at him. And I said, are you me? And they're like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Just figured we'd let you know. I'm like, you're telling me it's been four years that I have said it wrong and no one has told me. Yeah. I've also driven, I, I'm pretty sure I've driven the train, the bus, fly, flown the Zane Floors plane of the fan club since he was a freshman. So You weren't the person that told me about him, so that's a mark against you right there. I'm, I, I'm, I will say this. <laughs> I got a text am, from Steve Warren, and he's like, this is the best freshman quarterback I've ever seen. That's am, when he first came on my radar for you. I am the first person to write something about him in his life, and he will tell you that. So okay. there so you there go. You go. Um, okay. So whatever you You'll want. always have that. I will. We, him and I will always have that. Um, no, my money my – Are you going to be like Brian Windhorst to, to Zane Flores? That would be cool. Yeah, it'd be as a bomb. Um, You're going to go live in Stillwater? You know all about Oklahoma. I grew up in Tulsa. Yeah, I know. So I'm very familiar with – I've been to Stillwater. Actually grew up an Oklahoma State men's basketball fan with mm. big country Bryant Reeves and Byron Houston and those guys. So wow. um, I have their autographs, frankly, still today. Wow. So um, anyway – Zane is the ultimate equalizer, but Westside gets an equalizer back of their own after not playing for however long. Um, that's so fascinating, kind of this matchup. Can Caleb Schnell, Tyson Boganowski, um, Blake Moore, uh, Colin Sims, the guys for Gretna, the receiver targets for Gretna, can they can get they open. get open, create space, all that stuff? Because the back, like I said, CJ Jones is obviously very talented and had a really nice year, kind of an under the radar. I feel like we don't talk about him, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like he's kind of just flying by. Um, Jeremiah Truett's a really good defensive back for them. Uh, Teddy Rezac, uh, Anthony Rezac, the quarterback for Westside's twin brother. Teddy's had a really good year. He's played all over the place. In He's kind of like, uh, um, almost like you remember Virginia Tech that had that monster position, yeah, or kind true. of like a star position where it's it's not really a safety, it's not really a linebacker, yeah. but he sort of floats between those two levels. Yeah, that's and when he, I watch West Side. That's what I've noticed with him. And oh, by the way, he can play corner. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like he started at corner last year, mm -hmm. and so kind of moving around. Uh, their back is really good. I back in a defense for me, it's going to be 
uh, Gretna's defensive front's really good too. Uh, Harrison Weber in the middle, he's not the biggest guy, but he is strong and he gave prep all kinds of fits. Um, Corver Demo is the, he has 11 sacks on the year. Walking on to Nebraska. uh, Yeah. He's a stud. Um, he's actually, you know, he plays outside linebacker DN. He's going to move to, uh, inside backer, uh, in college. Mm -hmm. So, um, look for that. He plays so hard. Um, I, be, I love that kid. I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, by the way, he's playing the River Battle Bowl next weekend. Uh, team Go Team Nebraska. And by the way, there's the trophy from last year. That there we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's playing Ethan Sturr, uh, outside backer number 80 for uh, Gretna, too, can really get in spaces good. The thing about Gretna is they're like good players are better than everybody else's good players. Mm -hmm. And their really good players are just as good as everybody else's too. So if you, the average guys like don't make mistakes, they tackle really well. They don't, they don't miss tackles. They don't, they're super sound defensively. I think this game is going to be a defensive game again. Just like Uh, last year. Yeah. I, I don't think it'll be seven to three. But I think it'll be a low-scoring game, like a fourteen to ten or seventeen to ten or seventeen fourteen. Maybe someone gets three touchdowns, and if it is, it's probably Gretna. Um, and same thing, kind of. I guess I I thought about when when Prep played uh, Gretna last week. If Gretna gets to twenty-one, eh, like I don't know if if you're West Side, you don't probably feel great about that, right? Um, because that means Zane is doing what he does. And, yes, he is the best quarterback to ever play in Nebraska. And um, he, he's the best pure quarterback to ever play in Nebraska. You don't even have to couch it. Just say it. I know you believe it anyways. No, he is, he's the best. Right, like, yeah. He's the so best. So, I just say it. Don't couch it. I know you believe it. You can just say it. I I talked to a lot of people. Like, I've, I've had the conversation with Eric Crouch about, like, we did, like, two weeks ago. Eric and I talked about um you know, they're different players, so it's hard. The eras are so different, right? The yeah. Jerry Godowski's and that of the world, so different. Um, okay, he's the best uh, in this century. He's for sure the best. Yeah. Um, so, I, and, you know, that's why I said pure quarterback, but I, I think he's probably the best. He has the most yards passing in Class A history. He's a four-year starter, essentially, right? Like, he uh, started – yeah, he started his a third, little bit at the end of his freshman year, I think. Yeah, right? third game, third after the third game, he started the fourth game. Um, yeah. Got in a little bit, uh, but started the fourth game. So, um, hey, if you guys want to know about quarterback history and Zane Flores, I did write a very long, uh, nice article you can find on nbpreps.com about kind of the the uh, quarterback sort of history and what it is. That was a, actually a little bit of a preview of the time that Bellevue West and Gretna played the first game. Oh, by the way, the Gretna comeback. So mm-hmm. I, I I think this game is super intriguing. And and frankly, I haven't heard a lot of, you know, last year stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, and not even the game stuff from last year. You know, all the stuff after the game. Yeah. Well, like, none of that matters to me because Gretna went and won that title and that's all that matters. Yeah. And honestly, the only people talking about that adults right right so like because the kids settled it on the field 
Yeah, the kids know what happened. Yep. And it's adults from one side, not even the other yeah. side. So, so um, I, I, I want to ask you about Christian Jones because I know yeah. we, we got to wrap this up. You're a busy guy. Yeah. Uh, Christian Jones, I continue to think, is going to be kind of the next big recruit out of Nebraska. Now, Carter Nelson has blown up. Yeah. Um, and, and Carter Nelson, maybe a little bit more like Malachi Coleman, where it's the testing numbers and the athleticism are so insane combined with raw potential, Christian Jones just seems like a dude. And how do you feel like his first year went having transferred from Burke to Westside? He's now playing in a state title game. He's got two more years after this. And it just feels like this is going to be a guy we're going to be talking about a lot. Yeah. He's a, um, I guess, physical freak, if you will. Um, I, I think he's, he's pretty, pretty dang good. He doesn't like jump out. You know, if you're standing there watching a game, he does have 53 tackles. He has one sack. He has one interception, two fumble recoveries. He's I think he's always around the ball, though. Like he's just yeah. always doing the right thing. Like, and and I think part of it is his versatility that you could use him on offense if you wanted to in the high school level. I was just gonna say that he can definitely play um, like a slot tight end ish. You know, if you need like a three yard out, you know, or something like that. He can do that. Um, I, I think you're right. I, I think, you know, he got the buzz, a lot more buzz as a freshman. Um, Cause he started as a freshman at Burke, followed Lamanji to West side. Um, I think you're right. I, I think he, he's also just not a kid. That's like big into camping. Going, he's not going to talk about himself. Yeah. He just isn't that guy. Yeah. Um, and he, frankly, like, he probably would win some underwear Olympics medals. Like, he probably would if he did it. I, don't, I just don't think he cares. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. He doesn't want to get lost in the sauce is what he told me. Yeah, man. Like, he's a very – he's a great kid. Like, when, very level um, mm-hmm. and really kind of sees the big picture. Um, he just doesn't – he also just – I get – He's kind of like Zane. Like, he doesn't really care. Yeah. Oh, by the uh, way, Zane Flores, Flores, uh, Flores, his last game in Memorial Stadium, which should not be his last game in Memorial Stadium, if you ask my – that's my opinion. Um, wow. Are we going to talk about that in a couple of years? Could be. Could no, be. We, we could definitely be uh, having that discussion. We definitely are. Okay, one last thing real quick. Sure. And I really do got to go. Um, I know I'm trying to help you out here seven to three game last year. Uh, remember the goal line stand? Yeah, we opened the show with it. I don't think we will see a wild cat, um, play that they haven't tried at all. The, That's out. the, the, the entire year. I don't think you'll see if that, if it comes down to that again for Westside, I don't think you'll see a, a wild cat, uh, run, some trying something on a goal line that they haven't run the entire season. Okay. That's your oddly specific prediction. <laughs> I feel pretty good about that one. All right, Mike, I'm not going to make you pick a winner in every game. No. Uh, I think people can kind of suss that out from, from what we've talked about, but I, I am going to make you pick a winner in class a West side Gretna. Who you got? Oh my gosh. Um, Oh, man. I think I, I just 
Gretna's older. It's they're older up front. They're older, a little bit older at quarterback. Now I love Anthony Rizak. I think he's tremendous. He's got he's gonna he's gonna surpass two thousand passing. He's got a thousand over a thousand rushing. I think he's a tremendous athlete, and I think he's severely undervalued as a quarterback um, from a recruiting perspective. I just again, I think it's like a seventeen to fourteen something really close and low scoring, and I just think. Zane's too good. I just right. do. he's going with Gretna. Not really enough. Like this is a this is a toss up. I, I think, think there's a favorite. I don't think there's a you yeah. know you could you could convince me on either side of it, and I would be. Yeah. I think it's a 50-50 for sure. Yep. All right, Mike. Well, we appreciate it, and of course, everyone knows that you're going to take a nice big vacation once uh, the high school football playoffs ends. You definitely won't be busy and immediately jumping into basketball or anything else like that. So enjoy your vacation. We'll talk to you again when high school football rolls back around. River Battle Bowl practice is Wednesday. That's right. I promised you an opportunity to talk about the River right. Battle Bowl. I really got to go. I'm late. So right. um, River Battle Bowl Wednesday practice is on Wednesday. I'm really excited about kind of helping put that roster together again. Um, is there anywhere people can watch it if they can't yeah, attend well, the game? I'm pretty sure it's going to be streamed. So this year it's going to be in Cedar Falls at the UNI Dome. Yep. And every other year it's been at um, it every other year it has been at just in council bluffs or something outside. So uh, last year we had Noah Walters play quarterback and try and throw the ball in 30 mile an hour wind. But Hey, guess what? We still won. Cause I got the trophy. Got the trophy. So um, hopefully I get to set that back there again on Sunday, the game Sunday at one 30. And um, I, this is the one time that I have a major rooting interest in a game that I am attending or will be at outside of the New York Jets. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am very intense in this situation. <laughs> so um, go team Nebraska. We got something for them. We got a little, we might not have the most talented roster this year, but I really do like the defensive front. And last year we had 12 sacks because of the defensive front that I put together. Oh. So hopefully we can uh, at least get close to that. All right. Well, we uh, we here at Husker 24-7 wish Team Nebraska luck in the River Battle Bowl Sunday, November 27th. Yeah, 1.30 p.m. 1.30. And you figure out if it's streaming anywhere, and I'll be sure to push I'm that. Pretty sure, well, I'm pretty sure there'll be something. Like All right, Mike. We All appreciate right. it. Everybody, uh, check back with Husker 24-7 throughout the weekend. We'll have more podcasts, more content. Of course, I'll be back on Sunday to talk about the Wisconsin game. And uh, we'll have plenty of coverage from the Wisconsin game. And you may not believe it, the coaching search has continued to roll along here. And we'll have coverage on that too. Everything and more at Husker247.com. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.